to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip the Block, and I'm your host. And we're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. Let me introduce our crew, guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have. He is a traveling man today, but we have attorney Anthony Bandiero from bluetogold.com. Yeah, he's in the middle of, we're going to be talking about bluetogold.com and what they talk about and about search and seizure um, doctrines. Guys, it's an amazing thing what they're doing, and he's in the middle of doing it. So thanks for taking time out of your busy, busy day on Valentine's Day to be with us. And uh, um, hey, Travis Yates, a retired major from the from the uh, Tulsa, oh, he's giving us the gang symbol. He wants it to be, he wants to make it look like a heart. You know, if he had skinnier fingers, he might be able to pull that off. But yeah, uh, but Travis Yates retired from Tulsa Police Department as a, a major. Now he's at TravisYates.org, traveling the country, trying to better the law enforcement profession from the leaders on down. So thanks for what you're doing, Travis. More information about him and what he does coming up as well. Hey, uh, uh, you know, let's just mention our sponsors, then I'll kind of give you a little taste of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, our newest sponsor Aero Precision. Yes, they are related to Aero Defense and at AeroPrecisionUSA.com. Uh, also, we have GallsAUFire.com, GunLearn.com, BlueTheGold.com, and MyMedicare.live. Also, shout out to Brian Burns for the free press at TampaFP.com for hearing our content. And Ray Dietrich with Red Voice Media. We're streaming to eight locations right now. Three belong to Red Voice Media. They've actually given us a fourth that I haven't even added yet. And uh, those three Facebook pages alone have about a million followers. So thanks to Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. Just to whet the appetites and what we're getting ready to talk about, you know, Travis is going to start us off, off on a, a main topic called a master class in police recruiting because, hey, there, we all know there's huge issues with recruiting in the law enforcement profession, and uh, it, it, that should be no shocker. Also, we're, next we're talking about the ex-LEPD officer who will not be retried following a mistrial in a Costco shooting case. We've covered this extensively. What's fascinating is that this case for this ex-former LAPD officer is not going to be tried again uh, for the shooting that happened in Costco. That same incident happened in yet another shooting that we're covering in our third story, um, and that is Okaloosa County deputy resigns after shooting Marcus Jackson in a patrol car believing that he was shot. So the cop thought he was shot, just like with this other case from Costco. We got a Columbus police sergeant shooting through the windshield of a car thief who tried to run him down. And the police sergeant is a hood ornament while he's taking shots at the bad guy through the windshield. It's an amazing story. Retired Leo, a law enforcement officer appointed by South Dakota governor to a Senate seat. And we've also got a canine named Bronco that tracks down a burglary suspect hiding in the mud to evade capture. And oh, yeah, there is some biting going on. You're going to love that story as well. So look, without making, wasting any more time, let's get started. Travis, open up the microphone at lawofficer.com. We've got this, uh, this story, a master class in police recruiting. So I've already wet the appetite for our, for our listeners on, you know, golly, you know, we're live on the radio. We're going out delayed on some other radio stations. You know, we're shy of 40 radio stations right now. And then of course we're going out the eight streams and then we've got, you know, podcast and we've got, um, social media out the wazoo. Explain this, dumb this down for us, Travis. Yeah, Chip, thanks for talking about it. I think it's one of the most important issues our profession has. If any if any profession is hurting in staffing, it's going to be a problem. But, you know, law enforcement has been very, very slow to adapt to sort of what needs to be done in recruiting because historically we've never had to recruit. We've had more candidates than we had openings. And so at that point, you're not recruiting. You're just sort of marketing your agency to the best and the brightest. And for many years, we did a great job at that. But I think we've tried to look for a simple solution 
to what is a very complicated problem. You, you know, when the recruiting crisis happened three or four years ago, everybody ran out and they grabbed a website or they grabbed a video or they hired a marketing company. You know, very simple solutions, because if we're honest, most of us in law enforcement, especially if you've worked in recruiting, you just sat back and waited for an applicant to apply. There wasn't a whole lot of effort on our end. And we thought those simple solutions would really fix it. And so I saw this at my own agency. I think they were spending $60,000 a year. And I think when I ran the numbers, they were getting four applicants from that. And so what you're seeing from these agencies is a lot of money flying around with very little results. And so it really sent me on this sort of research uh, journey. And I, I wouldn't recommend it because, you know, I don't think I need to be talking about recruiting, but it's a huge problem in leadership. So I've been talking about it. And what I found was recruiting is an actual skill. It's an expertise. And it's something that we really don't know that much about, even though we think we do because we're all cops. We can all do everything right. But this is very, very important. And I found a company called Safeguard Recruiting. I appreciate you letting me mention them. They're actually former law enforcement. So they actually able to talk about and understand our problem. And man, they figured it out. Like it's amazing. They, 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 they've got these processes in place where they get, you basically tell them how many people you need, how many applicants you need. They give you a quote and they go get them. And it's, and it's, it's really amazing. And so what that article is, uh, Chip, is I, I decided after frustration, after frustration of trying to talk to all these, I talked to a chief just the other day and I explained all these processes, told him how the marketing doesn't work because Safeguard, they, they actually have the data. They'll run ads and they see that the video doesn't do anything right. And the other ads do because they it's, it's very, very specialized copyright. What the photographs look like, it takes an expert. And after I get I give this big, long explanation of this chief, he goes, we think you can figure out how to do a video like they just can't get this video thing out of their head because I think what they're coming. They're, they, they know what they want. They want a cool video, a tactical, cool video. But that's not what people going into law enforcement necessarily want. And so. Uh, when you, when I say it's hard to believe, but I've seen it, uh, you can literally call them and say, Hey, we're down 20 people. And they'll go, this is what it costs. And they go get them because of the expertise they have. And you're going to say, Oh, that's crazy money. It's a lot cheaper than what marketing is charging. In fact, I think I saw the last quote from them. Uh, somebody was down, I think 20 officers. I think their quote was, you know, everything's different, but I think their quote was, well, let me just say this. The quote is always less than a annual salary of one recruiter at any agency. And it wow. really is amazing. So I think what I think what I'm seeing, there's something else going on. Like this is our sacred cow, right? Because this company comes along. They're doing what no one else is doing because everybody else is taking millions of dollars from people. Uh, one agency real quick. They paid three million dollars for marketing. Recruiting went down. This company came in and gave them hundreds of applicants for next to nothing. And and because of the process. So it's a very expertise. It's process. But I think what there's a little bit of backlash, I think, because it's a complete paradigm shift, right? We have to change our minds on what recruiting is. I and I think so many people uh, are very hesitant to do that. But if we don't do that, I can guarantee you a website's not going to fix it. A video's not going to fix it. And recruiters going to job fairs definitely won't fix it. And so that's why I sat down with them. It's, it's a masterclass. It is because for one hour, man, these guys poured it out. And it's, I got I to gotta give them some credit. They don't have to do that. Like they're almost giving away the trade secrets that they're doing. Uh, because they're, they're really the only ones out there I've seen that's actually solving the problem. And I would just recommend anybody listening that's having a recruiting issue, you don't know what's going on, just give them a call. You don't have to give them any money. They'll talk to you. They'll, they'll send you some articles and videos. Just give them a call, safeguardrecruiting.com. And uh, I'm very impressed by them, and that's why I always talk about them, because they, they are doing it right, and I just need agencies to acknowledge that and to look into it, because it's, it's something to see for sure. 
Wow. So you, you, you pretty much, I mean, I, I, I love the information and I, I think you're spot on, but I think you've talked, man, of, you know, later to, at the end of the show, I was going to, I was going to have the three of us do a recruiting video for panelists for yeah. the Leo Roundtable show, but you've talked me out of it now. So disregard. Well, the lip singing video may work too. We could do, we could do a lip singing video and who knows. Right. But listen, what I love about what they're doing, it's not just my opinion. They have the data. And, you know, data is everything. Anthony, I'll tell you that. Show me the data. Don't give me your opinion. They've done over 300 of these campaigns and they can tell you exactly what it takes to recruit the numbers you need based on their prior data. And they'll show it all to you. A lot of it's on their website. So it's very fascinating to me. I would love to quit talking about it because I would love to just solve this issue. But it's a slow go for sure. Yeah. You know, one thing fascinates me about police work is that, you know, we're you know, we're not you know, you're not born business people. So they will take cops right. and they'll promote them up the chain without any training at all. I mean, the, the most fascinating thing, because they really have to be hard workers and know what they're doing, detectives. They'll give you a detective slot. You're going to have a, a, a queue or, or or let's just say, for lack of a better term, maybe a caseload. You may have 20, uh, the 40 cases, or maybe even more in some agencies that you're responsible for. You're going home at night. You're thinking about this. You're having, but no one teaches you. There's no, typically no training course to teach you how to be, God God forbid you you go further up the chain, you become like a a major like you, Travis, or or or, or something else. You know, I mean, we, the the training is just not there. So now they're talking about recruiting other things. We've got police unions with cops in charge of multi million dollar budgets and stuff, and they're just cops. They've gone through no business schools. It, it just it, it, I just always have been fascinated by how we put people in charge of pensions and so many other things without giving them the training they really should have when they do that. Um, we just may give them errors and emissions insurance to cover their butts, you know, in the agency in case they get you know in the grease for something. So. Well, that, that's a whole other rabbit hole, right? Like in business, you have to follow business processes or you go out. You you don't yeah. exist anymore. In law enforcement, if you blow through your budget, they just fund you more the very next year, right? And so there's really no incentive to follow those business practices. But in this issue, you better start following them or it's just not going to work. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Well, um, I'll tell you what, well, fascinating topic. And I don't think that you're going to, run out of air anytime soon being having to talk about that because I, you know, hopefully it'll catch on with this new recruiting. What's the name of the outfit again in their website, uh, Travis? Safeguard Recruiting. So safeguardrecruiting.com. Excellent. All right, guys, make note of that. Hey, uh, we got some good stuff coming up, including some blue, the gold information. So guys, stay tuned. It's time for our first commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, certainly by now you're familiar with the new goals at goals.com slash Leo the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. You know, and as Captain Brett Bartless, our panelist, always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So if you haven't checked out the new Gauls lately, please go to gauls.com slash Leo and check them out. Now, look, I, I noticed I said uniform program. Even my former agency, the Tampa Police Department, they've gone through a couple uniform uh, companies that just were not getting it done. And now they've got a Gauls uniform office on the second floor lobby of the Tampa Police Headquarters building, and they're absolutely killing it. So when I say that they've got a, gr a good uniform program, I'm telling you they do. Gauls.com slash Leo, check it out. They have gift cards as well. If you have family, friends, or loved ones involved, not just law enforcement, but if you have you know our host dragger buddies and on the firefighter side or even military, check them out as well. Gauls.com slash Leo, they have something for everybody. Now look, 
Aero Defense. We're introducing Aero Defense by Aero Precision at AeroPrecisionUSA.com, a beacon of durability, dependability, and all-American craftsmanship in the realm of duty rifles. I know we've got Anthony Bandero paying attention now. Hey, born from an aerospace engineering company, so you know they know what they're talking about. Aero Defense by Aero Precision demands perfection because settling for anything less is not an option when your life is on the line. Visit AeroPrecisionUSA.com for a lineup that matches every discipline. And since 1994, they've quietly led the AR Builder parts domain. And now they're making waves in the complete rifle arena with Solus Bolt action. So stay tuned because the M4E1 Pro and the Mod 4 handguards are hitting AeroPrecisionUSA.com later this year. And hey, the embodiments of duty rifle excellence now tailored for the civilian customer ding 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 you should all be interested in get your hands on this stuff in addition their m5 ar three-way platform is nothing short of spectacular so don't set it for less when you can have the best aeroprecisionusa.com check it out uh, let's talk about medicare insurance options there's over 80 options in just hillsborough county alone now the benefits can change annually so how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs the answer is simple contact mymedicare.live or call area code 813-245-6656 especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby, meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays, find plans that your doctors accept, and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, mymedicare.live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We are still live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. And hey, I just had a scare because I, I just saw that Anthony Bandero has figured out how to do the chat again. I forgot that. Yeah, he yeah he's on He's conversing with our live streamers. Wow. And so I know that you guys are getting all free legal advice right now while we're doing the live show. So, hey, Anthony, I, I, I appreciate you, um, you know, helping us out on the day show and stuff. And I know that that you and your company, BlueTheGold.com, have got a lot of stuff going on. I know you've got some stuff. Can you just tell us what's going on today, your, um, what you're talking about? And then I know that we've, we've already, we got, you know, a whole other topic. I guess it's on Wednesdays you have these free webinars that, that are occurring. Can yep. you kind of uh, break that down and kind of get our users a little bit more excited about that? Yeah, real, yeah, real quick. Uh, so definitely glad to be here. Also, I got to tell you, since it's Valentine's Day, I got a lot of love for uh, for Travis. I've been following Travis for a long time. He's never met me. He, I'm not on his radar. Uh, but uh, I was a cop in uh, Nevada uh, for the uh, State Higher Patrol, and uh, I followed you, you know, your articles and so forth. So anyway, happy Valentine's Day, Travis. I'm I'm one of your fans. Don't forget about me. <laughs> The cards in the mail, brother. I love Nevada. I've been there a lot. I've been there a lot. Yeah. So look, I sound like a holster so sniffer much. over here. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but but look, if, if it wasn't for Travis, I wouldn't be where I'm at, is what I'm trying to say. So back to the topic at hand. I'm in uh, Colorado right now. I'm teaching. I was actually teaching at Firestone yesterday, the whole agency. I'm teaching the whole agency at Castle Rock today, you know, just outside of uh, Aurora and so forth. And, you know, we just do legal training. We, we try to get, um, we try to do agency-wide training. That's the That's our model. We love doing that. Even though we do open training where people can like register for our classes, we do that too. Um, but we love we love search and seizure. We love the Fourth Amendment. We think it's highly relevant. It's a it's a relevant time to, you know, uh, to talk about these stuff. I mean, we do a lot of use of force training, but what about the the searches and the seizures that we do that are not necessarily use of force? And cops are getting jammed up left and right because they they want to do the right thing. They have good faith, as they would say, but they just don't have the articulation piece. And that's what we train. Um, as far as the webinars, uh, we do do free webinars usually on Wednesdays. Our tonight's webinar is brand new. It's called Probable Cause Deep Dive. We're going to go like, what is probable cause? What's the parameters of it? Um, our our focus is obviously law enforcement, but we have a lot of attorneys that actually join us. A lot of prosecutors. Um, that class is being hosted or being run by my new one of my newest uh, legal instructors, Zach Miller, uh, who's a fantastic one. I'm actually taking my wife out to Valentine's Day tonight. She's actually flying in. 
she's actually flying into uh, Denver uh, today. So I'm going to take her out to, to dinner tonight. Um, so that's kind of cool. And uh, my wife normally does not fly with me. Uh, usually my girlfriend does. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> well uh, you got Travis's attention with that. With that <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, you know, anyway, look, that's, uh, that's what we do. So I, I appreciate uh, what you do. Uh, Chip, the show is awesome. You know, I love being here. Yeah, well, hey, hey, thanks for support. And I know, I, I know, before the show, you were talking about how much you admire Travis. He's always been like a father figure to you, uh, and uh, and so, uh, yeah, I yeah. appreciate that, Grandpa, Grandpa. But I, I, I know what grandpa. you mean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta, you know, people watch the show. You know, the funny thing is, is that you know, Aero Precision, they're our newest sponsor. They're getting us, um, you know, uh, helping us get on satellite, and you know, they yeah. put a uh, a let's see, the Special Forces guy on the show on Monday, and this nice. guy, you know what, cops firefighters military they he did man he just fit right he's a green beret and delta mm-hmm. force dude and it was you would have thought that we had all hung out for years together it's just, i love it you know, i love it yeah. and by the way congrats on getting aero precision i love you know i love guns right i love aero precision um and so that that's that's a big one aero precision is actually in where i live now i live in washington state and they're uh near seattle so unfortunately you can't sell their guns in the same state but that's a different topic yeah, but they they have uh, stag stag arms, you know. So uh, oh, so, yeah. okay, yeah, okay, stag arms. So you're you're seeing um you're seeing the product line expand a little bit with uh, arrow, Good. Uh, arrow position. Awesome, they they make a nice product. Yeah, they do. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, so uh, our listeners stay tuned because now you've got some of these uh, products um, that you normally associate with military law enforcement that are going to be hitting the civilian market as well. So it's uh, it, it's awesome stuff to get excited about. Um, so moving along here, let's see, we've got an update article and, and look, these, these two stories, one's an update on, on something we've covered a lot involving the Costco shooting. And then we've got this other shooting. Um, look, it, it, the same thing went down the cop and this is when cops think that they have been shot when they haven't actually been shot. So it's just kind of the, a, a freak of nature thing that I just happened to have these two back to back to cover the day. I, 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 I promise you, I, I didn't even line it up this way. It just, it just happened. It's it's kind of rare. So ex LAPD officer will not be retried following a mistrial in the Costco shooting case. This case, I, I've I've always been a little frustrated because there has not been a total a, a lot of information about it. But we're in Corona, Corona, California. The state attorney general's office will not retry the former LAPD officer who fatally shot an intellectually disabled man and wounded his parents in the Corona Costco back in 2019. The defense attorney told the Southern California News Group on Friday, February the 9th. So Salvador Alejandro Sanchez killed Kenneth French. So French is our, he's, 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 he may have some mental issues, but he's a bad guy. Kenneth French, 32 years old, um, he is a, or was a nonverbal man. He slugs, he punches the police officer. He's an off-duty cop with his, with his, with his uh, toddler. He, he, uh, he, he's with his toddler and he gets punched, you know, he doesn't even see it coming. And um, in the sausage samples line, so maybe not the healthiest eater or cop, but he's in the line to get samples of sausages in the deli on June 14, 2019. Now, the the parents, Russell French and uh, Paley French, they're wounded as well because they're trying to shield their son from the volley of 10 bullets that are flying from the cop that just got you know blindsided by this bad guy. So there was a mistrial declared in January after the jury deadlocked on one count of voluntary manslaughter and two counts of assault with a firearm. Now, defense attorney Michael Schwartz said that the jurors favored acquittal on the voluntary manslaughter charge by a nine to three count. So that's pretty favorable. And they were deadlocked, though, on the firearm assault counts that leaned uh, more towards uh, acquittals. Um, Sanchez, now 33 years old, he was not in uniform 
And he said that he thought he had been shot and therefore he fired in self-defense. So he just got clobbered, clocked by this dude. Um, I think it was, if I remember correctly, from behind, never saw it coming. This guy just knocked his rocker and um, he thought he'd been shot and he had a firearm on him and he started shooting the, you know, shooting the, uh, the bad guy. Deputy Attorney Michael uh, Mike Murphy, or Attorney General Mike Murphy, argued during the months-long trial that Sanchez acted in haste and that had he taken a moment to assess the situation, he would have realized that he had not been shot and that the danger had passed. Um, now, I know this guy got, you know, you know what getting clobbered. Maybe people, a lot of people listen to the show, they've never got clobbered and, and they don't know how you, you know, you you just don't, you know, it takes you a second to, to get your act together after you get really your, your world rocked. And this guy's got his toddler with him too. So we're going to come back and talk about this. And then the next shooting that's got a video component coming up as well. Uh, but this is going to be some good stuff we're going to be covering. Guys, uh, our time for a second commercial break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. All right, guys, struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures, or what about the liability of getting it wrong? Say hello to bluetogold.com. They translate search and seizure doctrines in the clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give the training for free thanks to bluetogold.com's free weekly webinars. Now, we know what they're doing today, but next week, it's searching cars and occupants. Now, sign up at bluethegold.com today. Join thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. All right, so now it's AUFIRE at AUFIRE.com. It stands for Accuracy Under Fire, and they're the gold standard in tactical simulation. And for the first time ever, agencies and LEOs can safely simulate being hit by gunfire, knives, and other objects in AUFIRE's dynamic force-on-force scenarios. If you've ever wanted to train your officers or on, on how to react in real-world situations, now you can, all while improving your decision-making, return fire accuracy, and life preservation skills thanks to AUFIRE.com. Go to the website, check out the cool videos, learn about the product, AUFIRE.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. So we're talking about a very, very interesting story, a couple of them. We haven't got to the second one yet. And look, I, I can't say, look, we, we've, we've probably all been in knockdown, dragout fights. I mean, I've, I've been injured. I've, I've laying there, and you don't want to move anything, but you know you're, you know you're hurt. You just gradually start moving body parts to see if anything's broken or and you just don't know what the what the injury is so i can't i can't distinctly relate to 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 thinking that i was shot and and, and maybe i wasn't but i i know it's got to be a thing because now it's happened twice and i'm sure it's happened more than the two stories that we're that we're covering here today so i'm kind of curious what you guys think about this if it, is it a phenomenon that we're going to be discovering more about cops taking you know you you have the sensation something happens you get slugged or or you hear a noise and you in so you fall and you think you're shot. I mean, uh, what do you guys think, Anthony? I, my, a couple observations. Number one, obviously, I don't have a video for the Costco shooting, so I don't know what that officer is facing. I do. We do have a video for the next one, and I definitely have strong opinions on whether that was justified. But the one legal point I, I do want to make here is, first of all, I'm very sympathetic to the, um, you know, to the deceased here. I have a nonverbal son. He's 18. Uh, he does not talk. He's uh, he's not violent, but he used to be as a kid. And I, I when I when I heard that story or I saw the story originally. I thought about my kid, you know, I mean, huh. so what if he, um, and so I look, I have compassion for situations like that. At the same time, I, I see the comments, people are pretty, um, you know, they, they also understand that the cop has a right to, to defend himself. But here's what I want to say. It doesn't matter what, what happens with these cases. And it's, it's, you, you see the, the sensationalism, they, people freak out about it. I, I can't believe this cop would ever do it. And then you go to trial and then the jury, 99% of the time, these 12 people who may have their own biases about cops. They 90% of the time they come to the conclusion that the cop did not do anything wrong. Now here, what was it? A mistrial? It wasn't a mistrial. It was a, uh, a hung jury, right? 
hung jury. Yeah, on, on, on two of the counts. And he was on two of the counts. On the, on the third one, yeah. Well, there you go. So I'm just telling you, I just, I just want the viewers to understand that a lot of times that when we, even us as cops, like I make my own, I make my own uh, determinations of what I think was justified or not. But then when you actually spend a few weeks in trial, all the truth comes out and what normally happens justified. That's my observation. And and of course it's what a reasonable officer would do in the same set of circumstances. And and of course he's got to be in fear of great bodily injury. Doesn't have to be in fear of death. Great bodily injury, you know, cuts it as well. It does. It's, it's not, it's not, you know, they're saying that he wasn't really, you know, the department said he wasn't on duty at the time of the shooting. So look, I don't know what that's, that must be a a MacBook thing, but um, you know, but you saw that, you saw the confetti. Yeah. What was the confetti thing? What, what, what is, I, I, I actually, I know what it's from. It's it's actually it's something that I thought I turned off. It's the new FaceTime setting oh where the FaceTime will act, like actually ready. For, if I do a thumbs up, it'll hold on. See, oh, um, wow. I'm not I'm not 17 years old. I don't want that stuff on. I thought I turned it off, but I'll have to, you know, but Travis yeah, probably our, messed with my computer and turned it on. So for radio and podcast listeners. Yeah, he's all of a sudden had confetti and stuff coming down his screen that we're all looking at each other. like <laughs> We had no idea. How that even, how they even do that, you know, on the stream. Yes. But anyhow, go go. Yeah. Sorry anyway. to interrupt, you. go ahead. No, no, no. And so, look, look um, the the point is, is you know, I think the better one is he probably you know meant like I, I look at it from would a civilian be able to do the same thing, right? Because you know, what if you think a civilian in the same situation? I mean, he, I don't think he was super in cop mode. He's probably in self defense mode, right? He wasn't looking to make an arrest. He was looking to defend himself. I do, I do have, uh, based on what I know about the case, I would think that many civilians would have also been charged in that case, um, quite frankly, you know, um, if they would have actually pulled the trigger on a disabled person that ended up punching, the parents seem to be blocking him. It leads me to believe that maybe the time of the shooting that he wasn't in for, I don't know. I have to see the video, but that's where juries come in. Yeah. yeah, Anthony is so right here. Uh, you know, people need to understand that juries are given so much more information and so much more details than we just hear in the media. And they oftentimes, uh, that's why they oftentimes will make a decision that people in the public don't understand because they have additional information. And um, I, I want to give, I haven't given anybody a homework lesson in a while here, but I want to give everybody a homework lesson because the Costco shootings are pretty, pretty odd to me. There are a lot of shootings inside Costco. I have a theory for that. Uh, Michael Howe, uh, off-duty Kansas City, Kansas officer uh, involved in the Costco shooting. Yeah. And uh, and here is the reason why there's so many shootings in Costco, because in the course of your lifetime, you will spend three years in Costco. So so there is a much more higher chance that you're going to be in there eating lunch and dinner for with the free samples uh, and something happens. But um, but listen, just real quick about Anthony. If you're not following him on TikTok, his last video on synchronized ballet is phenomenal. Uh, so don't let him don't let him act like he's not into what's going on here. There's a reason why Blue to Go is the best there is. The TikTok channel and everything else. I'm going to have to figure something out because he is outdoing us today with all of the automatic graphics. But uh, yeah, uh, that's it. No well, more. I, I just I just I just had a Biden moment. I'm just like that's it. No more. Yeah, uh, I like. Hey, and, and, and I'm watching some of the people in the stream. We got Sergeant George saying that that we always say the number one thing that you as a police officer in a deadly force situation have to be in fear of his great bodily harm. Uh, so a correction on that, Sergeant George, we don't say that. Um, you have to be either in fear of death or great bodily injury or harm, you know, same thing. Um, but that, not that alone. And whatever you do feel, a reasonable officer would have to have that same fear as well and it could be for yourself or for another person so 
all those components are, are super important. If you just happen to be a guy that's timid and shy and easily, you know, scared and stuff, but a reasonable police officer would not be in that situation and you make a deadly force, you know, call on that, you're SOL. You're going to, you're, you're going to, you know, you're open to being criminally charged and, and rightfully so. So all these components are super important, but I do stress a lot the great bodily injury or the harm aspect because a lot of people feel like you just have to be in fear of death, which is not true. That's incorrect. You can be in fear of just in great bodily injury and harm. Someone asked me to define that. Those are things like broken bones, things like that. It's not like, you know, um, you know, getting like a, a scratch or something from a fight. Travis. Yeah. You know, it's interesting uh, back to this case, you know, the totality of circumstances, it would be interesting to hear what the jury heard because I wonder how much the toddler being with the off duty officer played a factor in that. Factor. Right. He's I yeah. Agree. Because he's not just with himself. He's with his uh, child. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yep. I'm, I'm glad you pointed I think that out. I think that's probably the key factor, by the way, just, yeah. just quite frankly, um, I didn't talk about that. If, if he was empty handed, it, it might've been totally different, but the toddler, yeah. now he's protecting a person who cannot protect themselves at, at, at all. So very good point, Travis. So I think it's a perfect time to move into the, the, the to the next story. And, and this'll, this'll kind of like reinforce what I was saying about, we've got two very similar things going on here. So look, we got three and a half minutes before we go to our next commercial break. Uh, so we're at our, we're on our favorite law enforcement video channel, which is called, this is butter. And you can find them at rumble.com. And, and you know, this story has got a video component, um, but even though it's got a video component, a lot of people are listening to us audibly by podcast or radio. So Steve, please stay loyal to those platforms that are bringing you this good quality content because we're going to describe in great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. And, of course, our live show is Monday through Friday during lunch hour. That's 12 to 1 o'clock Eastern. But we take this show and we'll reproduce it the following morning at 9 o'clock in the morning. The only difference is between the produced version is that we do cut out some of the commercials um, that are on the radio side and we embed videos that we talk about and put pictures of the good guys and the bad guys in it too so that's at nine o'clock the next morning tuesday through saturday we do that makes for a great way to watch the show so if you absolutely have to watch the video you have that option so the title of this is okaloosa county deputy resigned so he quit uh, after shooting marcus johnson or jackson in a patrol car believing that he was shot
Now, guys, there is a video component, and this is wild. I mean, it, it is wild. It, I, I called it bizarre in my notes. And so an Okaloosa County Sheriff's deputy resigned uh, in connection with an officer-involved shooting that was involving a deputy and a supervisor. Uh, so we have two people shooting. Uh, deputy uh, Jesse Hernandez resigned December the 4th. So the internal investigation by the Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office Professional Standards Division, so their IA, Internal Affairs, they ultimately determined that his use of force during a call on November the 12th was not objectively reasonable, no good, right? A policy violation regarding the excessive use of control to resistance was sustained. So he had a policy violation sustained against him. Now, the investigation also determined that the uh, sergeant, uh, a female, Beth Roberts, she used deadly force as well, but that was objectively reasonable. Um, and she was exonerated on the, on the charge. So he was sustained, she was exonerated. The incident happened November 12th, 8.40 in the morning in Fort Walton Beach. Deputies received a call from a, uh, for a vehicle that's driving around, honking his horn and disrupting the peace at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that would aggravate me too. A second call came in from a woman stating that her boyfriend, Marcus Jackson, uh, he had committed grand theft auto and they had been calling and texting her threats. The victim provided text messages that she said had been taken from inside her vehicle showing what appeared to be a firearm, a suppressor, I'm sorry, a firearm suppressor pointing at the dash of the victim's vehicle. Now, Jackson, he shows up at the scene, 9.09 in the morning. They end up detaining him. They search him, handcuff him, and they put him in the rear of Deputy Hernandez's patrol car while they're still doing the investigation. Now, this is when it gets weird. The victim tells the deputies that the bad guy in the back of the deputy's car had a silencer and that she was not sure where it was, and she added that, she had, that, that he had more than one weapon. Well, the deputies never found a weapon or the silencer or anything, so Deputy Hernandez he goes back to research the guy to see, hey, maybe the guy's got it on him, right? So um, I'm getting ready to run out of time here, so I'm going to go through as much as I can. So the deputy is approaching the passenger side rear door of his patrol car to do a secondary search of Jackson, and he hears a pop sound, which he perceives to be a gunshot, and he thought that he was hit. Well, he wasn't, but he thought that he was hit. Wait till you hear what happened. Yes, there are shots fired. Stick with this commercial break. Our last commercial break will be right back. Right, you know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can sign up to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're still live from the Plant City. Uh, we're actually the Plant City Flea Market right now in Plant City, Florida. So we've got this uh, deputy um, who has, um, look, we're in Florida, Deputy Hernandez. Um, they end up putting this guy in the backseat of a car that's been driving around. He's been a nuisance honking his horn 3 o'clock in the morning. But the girlfriend uh, tells him that he stole a car, he had a gun, had a silencer, and the deputy's thinking, ah, crap. We searched this guy, put him in the back of my car. We never found any of this stuff on him. And is there a chance he's got a gun and maybe a silencer, you know, while he's in the backseat of my police car, you know, handcuffed, but still, you know, so he goes back to do a secondary search. And um, 
So he, the deputy hears a popping sound before he opens up the door to get in. He, for some reason, perceives that he's been shot, and he, he thought that he got hit. So he begins yelling, shots fired multiple times. He falls on the ground, and he starts rolling. Now, he ends up firing into his own patrol car where this bad guy is handcuffed in the back seat because he's thinking that this guy you know, took a shot at him. And even the sound, it was a popping sound, more like what I guess I couldn't really hear, it, but the way they described it, it was more like what you would expect coming from a, a suppressor or, or what some people might call a silencer on a gun. So after witnessing Deputy Hernandez's response, you know, he's rolling on the ground and, and, and yelling he's been shot and stuff and he's firing his car. The female um, is in another is in front of the vehicle and uh, she fears for his life as well. And so she responds by shooting at the car as well. So now you got two cops shooting at the poor dude handcuffed in the backseat of the guy's car that hasn't done anything wrong, right? So luckily, Jackson, the guy handcuffed in the back of the car, um, was not hit. And they never located a weapon. So it goes on to say the audible sound Deputy Hernandez reported. uh, They say it can be heard on the body cam video. And witnesses also attested that they heard the sound that they thought could have been a muffled gunshot. So that's why the suppressor information, you know, is kind of important to the story. Deputy Hernandez had been with the agency since 2022, January of 2022, so a year. And Sergeant Roberts, the female, um, had been with the agency since May of 2008, so quite a while. And remember, she got completely cleared um, thinking that, you know, she returned fire thinking that, you know, going off the communication from her partner that he had been shot, hearing, you know, seeing him shooting at the, you know, the bad guy in the car and stuff. So she was covered. He was not. So all these factors considered, we have a little bit more information and we have video on this. Um, Guys, two stories in a row. Um, Anthony. Uh, Look, I I just want to say a few things. Number one is I I read today that the source of the sound was an acorn. And I'm not kidding about that, that an acorn like dropped in the car. Did you hear this or no? Uh, No, no, no. But it hit the hood or something or something like that. Yeah. So basically, this is this is actually a chicken little issue. Remember chicken little, the the acorn dropped on his head and he thought the sky was falling. I thought that was funny, but uh, nobody's laughing, so I guess it's not that funny. So anyway, um, that's true, though. I, I, I'm at, uh, that's what they're saying is that this was an acorn. This could be completely urban legend just just to foster this whole ridiculousness. But I, 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 my piece of this, as I want to say, is that um, this is a great example of what you're actually talking about with the use of force stuff because that's to be objectively reasonable, not subjectively. I have no doubt, okay, that this man with a year on thought he was shot. He acted like he was shot. I'm, I'm you know, I mean – he, he was rolling around on the ground like he was shot. I, I, he seems to be telling the truth <laughs> that he thought he was shot, but he it's not objective. Yeah. He sold it, man. He sold me yeah. good, man. I'd buy it, but it's not objective. There, you know, he, there's nothing else besides, you know, of course, the sound. It's not objectively reasonable to believe that you've just been shot. First of all, the guy was patted down. I know that we miss guns. I've missed guns. Um, there definitely could be a gun on him and, you know, his sock or something like that they missed. I get that, but there was no other factors to kind of confirm objectively this was you know, this was go time, like start shooting in the car. And I love it. The fact that the sergeant was found not liable because she's not liable based right. on what he is saying. He's rolling on the ground. I've been shot, shots fired. He's shooting back. I would be shooting too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, can I, I want Travis to address this though. Sometimes I'm not the expert here, uh, but I want, I want to hear Travis's opinion on this, this idea that maybe some cops just have such a hyper vigilance of their safety that maybe this contributed to this, trigger finger quite frankly I, I don't know i just i feel like some officers especially when you have a year on they are look they really feel that everybody's out to kill them and maybe this contributes to bad outcomes I, but i would just that's my two cents on it but that's not my forte 
Well, I- interesting point, because in the first case, they said that if the cop would have just waited, sorted things out for a few seconds before pulling the trigger, that he, that he, that he never would have. So, yeah, Travis, I'd like to hear yeah. your answer, too. Listen, Anthony can brag about his $2,000 MacBook all day long, but this $150 Dell has the same tricks. Uh, now, Anthony has a good point here. Um, I would be very curious on the training of the officer, the background of the officer, what other type of incidents he or she may be involved in, because this is one of the strangest things you'll ever see, right? I mean, this, I mean, maybe there's a career in Hollywood for him. I couldn't believe I had to watch this thing like three times. Cause it was really insane. He's a uh, one year officer though. One yeah. Year. But, but what is why I'm not sure it's the hypervigilance is, is, is I'm routinely told that people coming out of academies today are not getting type of training that would almost create hypervigilance. I mean, I think I started in, in 93 and man, there's some truth to that. Like you were really, you were really trained back then to really sort yep. of, I mean, you throw your hip out by looking around all the time. Right. And of course that obviously wears down as you gain experience, but I don't, I, if, if it was indeed hypervigilance and an acorn created that there would obviously be other incidents, I think in his career where we could point to that. But I just wonder what type of deep dive the agency did in his background who trained him, his field training, what the academy instructors know, because we oftentimes when we do that sort of uh, history of someone's training, we will find instructors in the academy. They said, yep, I raised the red flags or yep, I saw this back then. It's hard to believe this did not manifest itself prior to this, even in a training yeah. setting before it actually happened. So hopefully the agency, sometimes the agencies are hesitant to do that, right? But it's not about getting people in trouble. It's about evaluating this so it doesn't happen again. I, 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 I got it. I mean, I love it. And the thing is, like, I've been teaching this, like, this peer review stuff. Like, every professional organ- or a profession, pilots, doctors, you know, military, they really sit down and they actually, they actually are honest with themselves. What can we have done better? Uh, our beloved profession does not do that that well. We like to think that we're always right because we're the type A personality sometimes sinks us. But the other thing, Travis, I think is that when you started in your academy, it was there was stress inoculation, you know, and now it's all, you know, let's hug, you know, uh, you know, sing Kumbaya. There's not a lot of stress inoculation. And I think that contributes to bad outcomes. Would you agree? No, there's no question. I teach a course called Second Survival, which is a pre-attack indicator course based on science. And this isn't anything new. I mean, I got this in the academy. I got this in the first 10 years of my career. But I routinely hear people say they've never even heard of this stuff, right? And so uh, depending on what academy you're in, uh, they may not be getting anything to almost put them in those amounts of stress to be able to deal with that. But uh, there may – and simply – then again, the explanation may just be there's no explanation. It just may have been completely crazy, right? Uh, yeah, but I, yeah. but most of the time, and you're right, Anthony, Anthony is so correct. You know, we will actually have That's tragic, something. we will actually have tragic events, uh, you know, officers being killed and we'll do, we'll, we'll read three paragraphs about it. If a airplane crashes, you'll read a thousand page report yep. in the, in the author. We, we should never let this happen again. And, and one of the things I know we're going to go on break here soon, but the, one of the things that I see as a, as a lawyer is that cops seem to focus overly focus on lawful but not optimal. They just care. Hey, a Graham versus Connor says we can do it, but they don't really care about the de-escalation piece. They don't care about, Hey, you know, was this preventative? I'll get just quick example. Cops rushing on a guy with a knife, right? Drop the knife, drop the knife. They're rushing in. They want him to drop the knife, but they're not, you know, they're not pulling back and just going to barricade this guy. Yes. They end up shooting him because the guy ultimately does predictably what he comes after the cops. 
Yes, lawful, but awful. Lawful, but preventable. And I just wish as a profession, and by the way, and that, that's an actual case, by the way, that went to the U.S. Supreme Court, probably cost about $2 million to win. Cops got qualified immunity. And I like to say, if we keep winning battles like that, we're going to lose the war. You know, yeah. cops need to look at, hey, yeah, fine. I know that Graham versus Connor is a great standard. But what about all the other things that are that professionals do? Well, like, the dirty little secret, and that's why I'm glad why Anthony does what he does at Blue to Gold is the dirty little secret is we do not train the way we ought to be training. Uh, people think that we're trained like Navy SEALs, but the truth is most yeah. officers, most officers are given the bare minimum by the state. That bare minimum is based on the smallest agency in the state. It's not nearly right. enough. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Well, guys, uh, we're about out of time. That was, that was a great, you know, we didn't cover a lot, a lot of stories and topics, but man, I tell you the ones that we did, these, especially these last two, I think we covered it very, very well. And we haven't seen this before. Um, and hopefully we won't see it again. Um, can you just, um, take a few, uh, a few seconds to tell our users about, um, how they get more information about you and what you do? Yeah, I'd be so appreciative. You can just go to TravisYates.org. Uh, we're piping out articles and podcasts on a weekly basis. All the training's there. Man, we're catching our stride. We're having a great time this year. I'm going to be in Nevada and Kansas and Arizona and Oregon, actually, in the next few weeks. And if you're in that area, just reach out to me. I'd be glad to let you come in and check it out. Fantastic. Hey, and Anthony, if anyone wants to hit you, uh, hit your, your free webinar up uh, tonight or next Wednesday, how do they do that? Man, just go to bluetogold.com. Um, it's, you, you'll see free training. I got to tell you, this is not like bait and switch. We're not there to sell anything. It's real training and so forth. All right. Perfect. Also, I do want to mention uh, the, uh, wounded blue, the woundedblue.org, a fantastic organization to get involved with guys. A so shout out to our sponsors again, Aero Precision Goals, AU Fire, Gunlearn.com, bluethegold.com, mymedicare.live, the free press at tampafp.com, redvoicemedia.com. See you guys back tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern. <laughs>